Good morning, it's Tuesday the 12th of February 2019 and this is the Tuesdaycast. I've decided to record this in the morning, partly inspired by my new favourite TV show, which is a Netflix, is it an, I'm not sure if it's a Netflix original, but it's definitely a Netflix show uh, called Workin' Moms, which is written and stars, written by and stars Catherine Reitman. Um, it's a show about really it focuses on four mothers who have gone back to work after having a baby some for some of them it's their first baby only baby for some of them it's their third baby it's um and they are mean and rude and brilliant and hard working and frustrated and determined and really brilliant and it's my new favorite show. I'm five episodes in. I couldn't recommend it more highly. Um, it's fucking fantastic. So if you're looking for a TV show to binge, um, I highly recommend it. Working Mums, Moms, on Netflix. And because I was bedridden with a nasty lurgy that I seem to have caught off some colleagues over the long weekend, which was Labor Day in Australia, uh, I also managed to watch. Oh, let me start with the things that I, I didn't really get very far with. I watched an episode... Well, I didn't even watch a whole episode of The Umbrella Academy. I just didn't get through it. It was like bad porridge. Um, it's stilted and it lacks energy. And it's... Aside from Ellen Page, it's really poorly cast. Um, and derivative. Yep, didn't get into it at all. So I feel really sorry for Ellen Page being in it. And I just kind of... Kind of kept thinking god i hope she's taking her wife on a nice holiday with the money she's getting for being in this because otherwise i really don't see an upside um oh uh so what else i um i watched um the documentary uh dirty john which is the story the real story behind the 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 dirty john series starring eric banner and I'm really glad that I've watched the documentary because I don't really want to watch the show and that's annoying But because um, I really like Eric Banner, but I just, I don't, I don't want to watch that. No, thanks. Um, it's about a, a controlling, violent, lying, manipulating man who gets into relationship after relationship and the documentary is really good. Like it has interviews with most of his significant, well, no, a number of his significant partners, including his first wife. And, um, it unfolds brilliantly. I, I just, even though I really did not like the main family, I thought they were really insipid. Um, the survivors, uh, telling their own story, yeah, it's really good, really good. And the guy is awful, but he's also, um, they give him some context, but not enough to make you go, oh, well, you know, I can forgive this person. You go, yeah, yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, that, that documentary is uh, floating around in the background of Netflix. It will probably come up in your recommendations if you watch all of Dirty John, but if you want to search for it, you could find it pretty easily. The other thing that I watched and really enjoyed was a full-length feature film which I am going to I'm going to go out and, and say is the sweetest college themed American movie since House Bunny um, it's called Life of the Party it's written and produced 
by um, Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone. And Ben Falcone is the guy who plays the air marshal in Bridesmaids. You remember that um, air marshal John? I'm not an air marshal. And then this is this is me an air marshal. I love Melissa McCarthy because of her role in Bridesmaids. And I really, really loved that romance. I found that the romance between the, the two of them to be really believable. And actually, they're a real-life couple. So um, this is, I think, their first feature film that they've made together um there's a bit part for ben falcone in the in the beginning of it but melissa mccarthy just does a wonderful job uh of playing this this mother character she plays her for feels rather than laughs and i really like that because um i think there's a tendency in um androcentric or, or sort of male themed college mo- college films to be kind of the gross out humor and the lowest common denominator this this film pitches itself at the middle common denominator and it does so in a way that is lively and fun and believable and it it la- it, it doesn't make you feel ill I, I really like that I really 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 like that there isn't a single moment in it where I go ooh did you have to do that <laughs> Um, the, and, it, and the other thing that's really lovely about it, it's got Maya Rudolph in it of Saturday Night Live fame. And I will come back to Saturday Night Live in a second because I'm also completely addicted to a, um, a short series which you can watch all of on YouTube. But Maya Rudolph, also of Bridesmaids fame, is uh, in it in Life of the Party as the best friend. And I didn't catch the names of the younger cast, but there is a, like in House Bunny, which, which lest we forget, brought the brilliant Emma Stone to my everyone's attention I think I mean I don't know I just fell in love with Emma Stone in House Bunny her character was just adorable and I mean I mean Kat Denning was in that as well so there's a great tradition of these sorts of movies for introducing the next next round of of talent and there are some lovely young people in this cast I didn't recognize any of them Um, and I really liked that because they were all very good and again, they didn't play to stereotypes, so they got to inhabit the roles and make them their own rather than have to, you know, comply with the formula for your standard college film. I really liked it. I think you probably tell from, from how I'm talking about it that I really, really liked it. Um, I'm going to have to buy it, and I think that um, it, will, it will sit proudly on my shelf next to House Bunny, and, um, you know, I do I actually own a copy of Can't Hardly Wait? Anyway, it's, it's that good. It's very good. It's excellent. Um, I finished my book, The Water Will Come. This is getting serious now. Partly, like, so yesterday, the 11th of March, was the anniversary, I think it was eight, eight years ago, of the tsunami in Japan, which I remember, I was on Twitter at the time a lot, and I, I'm not on it anymore because I think it's hacking into my phone and accessing my phone because, I don't know, maybe I'm just paranoid. But anyway... I don't use Twitter anymore very much. and um, But I remember being on Twitter at the time of the tsunami and there were so many cries for help in, in Japanese and then there would be one English word, help, help, like please help, you know. And, just, and the story of the elementary school children in Okawa really stayed with me. Um, I, have, I had a memory of this, this mother driving an earth-moving tractor and... Um, and I looked her up. I found her Naomi uh, Hirakawa. I'm sorry if I haven't got that, that name right, but her 12-year-old daughter 
was one of the children who was killed. So there was 108 children um, at that school. 78 of them were involved in the evacuation on the day and 74 of them were killed by this tsunami. And it's epic. I mean, it was an epic tsunami, but it's um, the... It was such a tragedy because it didn't have to happen. They actually had higher ground right behind the school and they could have escaped. And just the thought of all these terrified children and these tenacious parents who just haven't given up and and uh, there are still a couple of bodies left to recover and this woman doesn't want to give up until they're all found and returned to their families just so they can have a funeral. Um, and in the wake of that, I finished my book, The Water Will Come, which is the Jeff Goodall um, non-fiction about rising sea levels and how it's going to affect uh, our civilization. And it's, um, I'm not sure if I'm imagining it. I'm pretty sure I'm not imagining it actually, but it feels like everything is reaching a, a head a lot faster than we had anticipated. You know, we thought maybe we had 20, 30 years to deal with this kind of scale of disaster of bushfires and floods and storms. I don't, I don't think we do. I think it's it's possible that the worst of it is going to hit us within five years and I don't think that our systems, our minds, I mean I'm driving past just, just shit fight traffic to go and earn money to pay for my rental which I could get kicked out of because I don't have, you know, I, there's a no, no fault eviction and it's I don't know. I, I can see why people feel so powerless. But actually, speaking speaking of that, and because one of the one of the really interesting things that's happening in global politics at the moment, we're heading into um, an American election round. Um, the twenty twenty um, presidential election is not far off. It's twenty nineteen. This is twenty twenty. Okay, we, we're we're not far off getting rid of Trump, no matter what. He, I'm. I think it's really. Oh, actually, I don't want to say that he wouldn't go for a second term because, what the hell do I know? I didn't think he'd get in at all. So. But there was a fantastic candidate who was um, being interviewed on the Stephen Colbert show the other day, um, Cory Booker. And Cory Booker, I think, is possibly the best bet. But I think I think it would be fantastic if he won the primary. But in a way, I think they might they might do better if Bernie Sanders gets the primary candidate nomination and Cory Booker runs for VP. That would be ideal because then, I mean, I know they're both men and, and, and everything. Um, Elizabeth Warren, fantastic. Yep, Elizabeth. But I, I just think we need, we need someone who's going to activate the voting public. And I think Bernie Sanders had that groundswell of support that you, you're going to need to topple somebody like Trump. I mean, this is assuming that he doesn't get impeached between now and then, but he is a very slippery character and um, the Cohen testimony and the, the recent um, remarks and uh, by Andrew McCabe, which are also extremely interesting, another person who's been interviewed on Stephen Colbert. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's a really interesting time to be alive. But I wonder how much more of this style of being alive is really sustainable. And for anybody out there, if you are feeling anxious or concerned, uh, listen to your gut. You're right. This is not. This is not. An, this is not something you're imagining. Um, and we need to have a plan. I was actually discussing disaster plans. What would happen? I, I said to my daughter, "Okay, if the sky changes colour, 
if all of a sudden you can't go to school, like school is closed, and there was a third thing, I can't think what it was now, um, this is what we're going to do. And um, I meant it. It was intense. And on that note, oh my God. Okay, one more thing. I am completely, completely, completely in love with the 1975's Two Time, Two Time. They are the most adorable band. I am in love with the video. I'm in love with everybody in that video. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend Googling it. Um, it is a really simple, sweet video for a really fantastic song. And these, these, these young, young people are just gorgeous. And Maddie Healy, of course, is just adorable. And it's a bit of a, it's a tonic. It's a tonic in these trying times. And on that note, take care of yourself. And I will see you next Tuesday.